I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but it just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. SportsTownChicago.com. Lombard, part of the Peon Air Network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. We're in a league of our own. Now, here's your SportsTownChicago.com scoreboard update. At 3.15, I'm A.J. Freeze with your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. The Chicago Bears season is officially over. Along with that comes the firing of their head coach Nagy and general manager Ryan Pace. The new search for the coaches are getting interviewed. A flurry of names are being reported by the league as the Bears are active in the search very quickly. They begin to prepare for the offseason now as the NFL playoffs begin this Saturday and Sunday. Bulls have a huge game tonight on ESPN at 9 o'clock as the Nets head into, the, head into town. One versus two seed tonight as the Bulls are about to be up for a big test in their next two games. After playing the Nets tonight, DeMar and the Bulls will suit up to play the two seed of the West of Steph Curry and the Warriors just days before the halfway mark of the season. Part-time player Kyrie Irving is expected to play tonight for just his third be- game back in the NBA season. No Caruso still as he's still trying to get his legs back and his win back after contra- contracting COVID. That's the latest on the Bulls. Blackhawks had a nice 4-2 win last night in Columbus. Andrew Shaw will be honored Thursday as they play Montreal. John Lester, a three-time World Series champion and part of the 2016 World Series team, has decided to call it quits and retire. This has been your SportstownChicago.com update, brought to you by Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. It's been a long time, guys. Welcome back, and I'm here with Will Shoemaker. Yeah, it's good to be back here in the studio again. As you just heard, we missed a lot. It's been a long time since I've been back here being able to talk to you guys, but the Bulls were on a huge, huge hot streak. They won nine in a row. DeMar had two buzzer beaters during that sequence. It was a fun time to watch, and it's been really fun to watch the Bulls play at an elite level. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, the Bulls had a nine-game win streak going into Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks where they had a tough, suffered a tough loss. But that's the first uh, nine-game win streak the Bulls have had since the Derrick Rose era. And this is a really exciting team to be watching this season. I know some of those games weren't like the best, but I mean, still, a nine-game win streak, no matter who you're playing, is still really big in the NBA. And the Bulls are maintaining the one seed. And I, I think we, when we first originally talked about the Bulls, a long time ago when the season was starting around here and at school, everybody was talking about, can the Bulls make the playoffs? Are they a four seed? What are they? And even then, I had a discussion with my brother probably a couple weeks ago. So, I honestly, nobody ever expected a one seed potential from the Bulls. We expected them to be good. Some people didn't even expect them to make the playoffs, if you remember that. No, yeah, I do. I, I recall you and I at the beginning of uh, the uh, podcast uh, getting up in the show. We were talking about them being like a four seed or something of that nature and just competing for a playoff spot. But they've prove, uh, proven a lot of people wrong, and they've really come out and been a dominant team in the first half of the season. Two and a half games up on Brooklyn going into tonight. Now, I'm also going to reiterate back 
in the time when we were talking, you and me earlier in a car, our couple, other couple shows that we had, we discussed the idea of trading Kobe White for a power forward, another taller man. We definitely need a four. Yes. Uh, the Bulls need a four, period. Um, if the Bulls want to make it with the one seed that they have right now and actually compete on a championship level to get past Philadelphia in a seven-game series, the Bulls need some more height. They need that four. When they played Philly, they didn't do well. I know Vooch was out for one of the games, but still, when Vooch was there, Embiid just bullied. Obviously, Embiid is an MVP talent, but even when we played the Cavs, Cavs have seven-footer at small forward. It, when the height is there against us, it's we're, we are too small. No, absolutely. I could not agree more. Uh, the Bulls really do need a four, and I saw Daniel uh, Greenberg report that the Bulls are potentially looking forward to moving past uh, Kobe White in a trade, but they are going to be holding on to Patrick Williams, which I think is absolutely necessary. Patrick Williams is already out of his cast and hopefully can be back sooner rather than later. And uh, definitely looking for a four is something that they need. They need a big guy because Vooch is big and can rebound the ball. But outside of that, he can't handle dominant guys like Joel Embiid or Jared Allen. So now I, I just heard that you said that uh, P. Will to stay. I think he will most likely stay unless we make the big money splash move, which the big money splash move I have possibly heard is DeMontis Zabonis, and that would be Kobe White and P. Will. It's a lot, but it's tough. It's it you the four is needed. I I'd like to keep P will for sure. Um, but at this point, when you see the the four guards, Io is absolutely a steal of what we got in the first of the what the Bulls picked out of him in the first round. They got him late in that first round, and he has a lot of talent going forward. He definitely deserves NBA minutes. He's younger than me. I was born in 1999. He was born in 2000. He's got his raft, his jersey in the rafters at U of I. He's playing for the Chicago Bulls right now. That kid has a lot going for him. I think, in my view, is that we should probably move on from Kobe and keep Io for, I mean, they don't have to pay him for at least four years right now. No, I couldn't agree more, honestly. I think that P. Will is ne necessary to keep on this team. He can develop into a really good 3 and D. Yeah, Claw Jr., absolutely. I couldn't agree more, my friend. But um, outside of that, Kobe White's been a great spark plug off of the bench, and he's been a great six-man asset. He's been playing fantastic. And I hear you. If, you. if you're about to defend Kobe White, not you even, or like people listening, Kobe White has been playing fantastic. I know that. But as the Bulls competing this year for an for a championship, which I believe is actually realistic at this point in the season, I definitely think they would have to move on from Kobe White and get a four, whether it be DeMontis Sabonis and you unload two of your great assets. They just need somebody down in the paint that can handle big centers like Joel Embiid or other guys of that nature in the playoffs because they will be dominated in the playoffs if they don't get somebody down there. Like I said, yeah, in the seven-game series against height, It'll be really tough for the Bulls. I firmly believe that. I believe that the Bulls are top talent of the East, but in a seven-game series, I'm worried that we'll be exposed on the weaknesses that the Bulls have. Um, just want to wrap up some things with the Bulls here. So the Bulls play tonight a huge game against Brooklyn. The Bulls are favored minus two at home. The Bulls have been the best team in the NBA at home. It has been really fun to watch them at home. 
I'm actually going tonight, and I'm really, really excited for that. It's going to be a really, really good game. But the Bulls are about to be tested. The Bulls have tonight, Brooklyn, Friday against the Warriors. So they have the two seed in the East, two seed in the West. And then after that, they got Boston, which, you know, is a toss-up any game they play. If they play at their top potential, they're hard to beat. If they're bad, they're bad. The Grizzlies are 29-14, and and John Morant is playing at MVP level ever since he came back. That's another tough game. And then even after that, I mentioned the Cavs' height issues. Those four games, even after the Cavs, the Bucks. So the Bulls, after their nine-game win streak now, are about to be tested. Nets, Warriors, Celtics, Grizzlies, and Cavs, and Bucks. It's about to get pretty, pretty, t- pretty tight here. Uh, the good teams are here. Oh, yeah, definitely. We uh, During that nine-game win streak, we saw some uh, reputable teams that we played, but they weren't up to the level of the, the teams we're going to well, be playing coming up. Seeds, yeah, know, we're going like- to be playing dominant squads that are performing very well. So it's really, you're totally right here, uh, AJ. It's an absolute test for the Chicago Bulls coming up right now, and I'm really excited to watch. And in regards to that Warriors game, I'm actually really looking forward to that because you have seen recently that the Warriors have been struggling a little bit, and Steph yes. Curry's been struggling as well. Yeah, uh, also they're meshing with Clay Thompson coming back, uh, just came back. It was actually really, really exciting to see him come back onto court after two, three years. It feels like it's been forever since I've yeah, seen Steph Curry. It's and been damn near two and a half Clay years Thompson. for those guys. Yeah, it, it was a different Warriors team. Um, I know Draymond has been out recently too, so the Warriors are just kind of scrambling right now. There's, they'll still definitely be good, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors make the championship this year for the Western Conference. Oh, yeah. For me right now, it's either the Suns or the Warriors in the Western Conference right now. Those mm-hmm. two teams, just the dynamic duos that they have and just the the young the youth talent that they also bring to the court is just really impressive. The Jazz were a one seed last year, but I just don't see um, – that same level of play that they had of last year, especially compared to what Golden State plays at at their top level, at least. No, yeah, I I 100% agree, actually. Uh, Jordan Clarkson last year was a spark plug, sixth man of the year award winner. And this year, he's still performing at a high level, but he's just not shooting the same percentage as he was last year. And outside of that, they've got a dominant defense, but they really have to have uh, Spida uh, uh, really take control for the team, and he has to dominate in order for them to be successful in the playoffs. It also does suck, I just wanted to say one more thing, is that the Bulls are playing back-to-back tonight. At least Billy did well yesterday of taking out a lot of the starters and not playing them a lot, especially on a back-to-back night where the next home game is against the number two seed of the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm not 100% sure. I think Harden is out tonight. I'm pretty sure I saw that he hurt, hurt his knee earlier this week, and I think he's out. But... Kyrie Irving is in. He's playing his third NBA game today. Yeah, James Harden is actually. I just looked. He is out day to day, so he will be out tonight. So seeing Kyrie back, he's still getting his legs. He's only played in a couple games so far this season, but it still will be an absolute uh, dog fight out there. They still have Kevin Durant, who the the MVP of the league in my opinion. He's the best scorer in the entire NBA. He's going to drop thirty on you, no matter who you got out there, and especially when the Bulls don't have Caruso, it makes 
Caruso actually seriously does guard the best player on every single team. If you watch these games, it's unreal. He's our point guard. doesn't matter what position he is, obviously, if he's not a seven-foot center. But he'll guard a Julius Randle. He'll, he'll take him. No, yeah, he has been a dog this year in regards to defensive play. And the Bulls really have been missing him. Even in that nine-game win streak, some of those games were closer than you would have liked them to have been against teams like Indiana, but we still pulled them out. But with a guy like Caruso defensively, that would have been huge. You know so, what? Another another team of height that we struggled against, Indiana. Indiana blew us out a game, or blew the Bulls out a game. And uh, another that's just another example of what I'm telling you is that the Bulls are the one seed without the four. They are championship level with the four. 100%. That is definitely how I see the Bulls being this year. Like we were talking about, I think that trade is necessary if they want to stay the one seed, just because in some of those matchups with big men, it's just, it's kind of ugly. Like Vooch is an amazing big man when it comes to getting you a double double and spreading the floor, but he cannot handle a big man like Miles Turner, Sabonis, uh, Jared Allen, especially not both both of them. Like even then, like both of those teams, the Pacers have Turner and Sabonis, the Cavs have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And Laurie Markkinen oh, of seven footers, right? Three there. seven footers, and some of those guys can spread the floor, and some of them are absolutely dominant inside the paint. And you can see block, you see the blocks per game and steals per game for uh, uh, Vooch, and you're like one point one and one point one. That's impressive. But if you think about it, in those games against real dominant big men, not even dominant necessarily, we're just getting outmatched and outplayed when it comes to the big man position. And you can't ask for like a guy like Derek Jones Jr. to be pulling down. A bunch of rebounds and you know even eliza johnson like i mean it, it, these guys are just so much smaller they're they're playing a three down to a four even vooch isn't like a traditional mm. big man he's not like so late he's playing on the outside shooting threes so it, it's it's difficult uh how how it works with that four being so small and we only have one real center because tony bradley's just not it he's there for minutes plays no absolutely tall it's about it one other thing in regards to the bulls we saw an awesome 46 point blowout and uh against the detroit pistons where vooch dropped 22 8 and 4 and demar also put up almost a triple double with 20 points 12 rebounds and 7 assists it was a good way to bounce back after the loss to the dallas mavericks and we're going into tonight with high hopes and just really hoping these bulls can pull one out yeah, tonight is going to be in a very, very exciting game. I'm not 100% sure why. I have a small theory that the reason that the game is at 9 o'clock today is that the West Coast doesn't get to see enough of East Coast basketball. So if you have it at their prime time, Los Angeles, 7 o'clock their time, it would give the rest of the country, the entire country, the chance to watch the Nets and the Bulls play. Absolutely. I, that's actually a great theory, considering the fact that those are the two teams in the Eastern Conference right now. The best teams, the teams to beat are going up against each other, and some of the best players in the league, MVP caliber guys, are going to be going at it tonight. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned and watch that game. I'll be there. Should be a super fun game. Uh, getting into it next, we'll be talking about the Bears and their firings of their general manager and head coach, so uh, stay tuned. Thanks. This is your home for sports. SportstownChicago.com
Jill's Hot Dogs has been around since 1953, but I promise it's not old news. You don't have to like hot dogs to like Jill's on Plainfield Road in Joliet. Italian beef, hot dogs, shakes and sides. My family's had a relationship with Joe's Hot Dogs for three generations. Golden fries with a tad bit of salt and the perfect amount of crunch come in a bag as big as your hand. And that's just a small. For more on the menu, visit joeshotdogsjoliet.com. Bringing that classic Chicago flavor to the suburbs. That's Joe's Hot Dogs across from CVS on Plainfield Road in Joliet. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and Windy City News Radio. The Illinois Center for Broadcasting is now the Illinois Media School. We've been an institution in the Chicagoland area now for 30 years. Because the broadcasting world is always changing, so are we. Not only are we teaching radio and television production, but now you can learn all aspects of the media industry, like web design. You can even specialize in TV or film, sports broadcasting, and even sales. No matter where you are in the Chicagoland area, we have a campus near you. The Illinois Media School. Be on TV, be on radio, be on air.com. That was money. Tell me that wasn't money. Yo, yo, yo. Check us out. We are the go-to guys. I'm your boy, Space. I'm your boy, MC. Check us out every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. We spitting all facts, all sports, all day. Yes, sir. Who else are you going to go to in the clutch? Lillard, long range three. And it's good! Keeping you up to date with all the latest sports news. We are the go-to guys. Where else are you going to get all your sports news from? You know. SportstownChicago.com. Third and two. Cousins rolls out looking. Cousins wants to go deep. In the corner. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. So now we're going to get into the Chicago Bears and their disappointment of the end of the season there. The last game they played was against the Vikings, and it didn't matter for either team about that game. But the Bears played a good first half. I think it was 14-3 to at halftime. They were up by 11, and second half just did not come ready to play. You heard that audio right there. I don't know if... Any of you guys can actually remember the play or if you yourself will saw the play. Um, But on third and two, that was the second time that Kirk Cousins just threw like a deep 45 yard bomb and completed it. And Eddie Jackson just like gave up on the play. I don't know if you actually saw the touchdown, but like ball went up. And, you know, Eddie like turns around and the ball is in Justin's hands and he stopped 
trying. He stopped playing defense on him, didn't put a hand up, just gave up a touchdown, and that was just kind of the Bears season in the whole. No, yeah, that does kind of eclipse what the season was for the Chicago Bears. Putting in the effort and then at the end of it yeah. just giving you get, up. You, you know get what to I mean? the third down, yep. you make the play. Well, then they throw a deep ball and they convert while you're just yeah, lackluster that. defense. He gave him a couple feet of space, and that's all that uh, he needed in order to get that touchdown pass completed. And that really, really was a disappointment for the Chicago Bears. They had a great first half, as you mentioned, and then second half defense fell apart. Offense was not on any type of. Was you know, not running on any cylinder, yeah, to be honest. I want I want to say that it, it goes hand in hand that you can't ask the defense to just keep going over and over and over again because they can't consistently make a stop over and over and over again and keep them on the field. The offense has to do something. I know they had 14 points, but every single time it just looked brutal. Not enough time on the field. Some horrible play calling as per usual no yeah you couldn't depend on this defense like you did back in 2018 when they were 12 and 4 and they had just an elite squad in regards to the defensive end of the ball you have to have the offense doing something in order to keep you in that game and the second half we had a field goal and that was that and minnesota took advantage and they dominated the second half getting that 31 17 win Really disappointing for the Chicago Bears and a disappointing season overall. And, you know, there was it, it was opposites in that second half of third down play. Third down play, if it was third and two, the Vikings are passing it and they're completing it. For some reason, with David Montgomery, the Bears are not running it on a, a third and one or even a fourth and one. There was multiple times that the Bears would try and pull out a pass in a short yardage situation. Yeah, and this is an uh, Andy Dalton is in no way, shape, or form a quarterback that you can depend on to make a pass third and two, third and three, whatever the case may be. You have David Montgomery, you should be running the ball. I was watching the game with a couple buddies, and everybody was complaining about that. Nagy doesn't know how to coach a team, and they were just making all the wrong plays at the wrong time. So, I mean, yeah, even um, like my girlfriend was like, uh, Nagy's gone. Like, I heard that, that he got fired. I was like, you know what? It just, honestly was time. No matter how you look at it, the guy just couldn't get it done. We had one season where they were 12-4 and four and they didn't even win the first playoff game. I know it's a double doink. And we yeah, the double won, doink. Should have won. But with all of the talent he's had over all the years and couldn't get anywhere. And even now, like it's still pretty enticing. You have a young quarterback in fields. You have a great running back in Montgomery. You have a good, solid wide receiver in Mooney who showed lots of flashes this year. I really like him going forward, actually, especially if A-Rob's going to leave. No, yeah, I definitely think Darnell Mooney is going to be somebody who can be a player for the Chicago Bears in the uh, coming seasons. And it's going to be an interesting job that they need to fill with the coach, but I feel like it's one of the best head coaching jobs out there outside of uh, the Las Vegas Raiders position. It's one that I feel like a lot of these uh, free agent coaches are going to be looking at in regards to teams. You got Justin Fields, as you mentioned, who showed flashes of Plenty greatness flashes. this year, but he just didn't have the offensive line, and he had a terrible coach in Matt Nagy. I'm sorry to say it, but Matt Nagy, outside of the 12 and four season, eight and eight the following two years in 2019 and 2020, and then this year six and 11, and yeah, overall this was just the a first time year. he finished under 500. But even then, how how do you feel? How do you as a Bears fan feel about those seasons? You know. I guess I'll ask real quick on on Twitter. I I I understand the answer will probably be the same, but at the go ahead one, are you happy Nagy's gone? I know I I will probably be a a pretty good yes, but I just want to see if there's anybody who's like I kind of like them. 
when I was listening to 670 the last couple of days, a lot of people were complaining, but there were some individuals who tried to defend him just based on the record the team's had in the previous three years. But realistically, those eight and eight seasons were very, very... Should have been better still. Should have been better, absolutely. With the roster that they put together, I don't give any credit to Ryan Pace because he could have done a much better job. But with the roster that was put out there, if there was a formidable head coach there, the Chicago Bears would have been a playoff team all three of those years. And um, they just weren't. I'm going to make a prediction here that A-Rob is going to leave and he's going to go to somewhere with an actual quarterback and he's going to go right back to a top wide receiver in the NFL. Oh yeah, Robinson definitely is on his way out. I don't, He has no reason to stay realistically. The team hasn't put anything forward to make him want to stay. They've just been lackluster and disappointing the last few seasons. I don't think any Bears fan And it's hurting his those. rep, his own personal rep. That He's still a good football player and I firmly believe that. And he's just not getting the representation he deserves as a football player. And that's been the case for a lot of guys in Chicago the last few seasons, realistically. Right. Um, well, I think uh, if you want, I think that's kind of what we can talk about with the Bears. I really would like to talk about these last five minutes, uh, the NFL playoff matchups that we've got coming up. On Saturday, we have two good games. Uh, the Raiders and the Bengals are playing. And I guess... I'm personally shocked that people are, are on this. There are some people calling for the upset that the Raiders are going to win. I know that they just beat the Chargers in that crazy game where they could have tied. Game, yeah, yeah, like it, I know they just did that, but the Bengals just took down the Chiefs. Like The Bengals are a real player in the playoffs this year, and I'm definitely agreeing with you. I feel like the Bengals are going to pull that game I out. I threw 20 bucks to win 250 on the Bengals to make the Super Bowl. Not to win the Super Bowl, to make the Super Bowl. I, I, I just kind of for fun, but like I love it. I I think the odds are really good for a team like that. I mean, they, like I said, they already beat the Chiefs. They've been on fire. When Joe Burrow is there, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are putting up forty points on you, and there is nothing you can do to stop them. Yeah, Joe Burrow's been dominant this year. He's my pick outside of Dak Prescott for uh, the comeback player of the year. He's just been awesome to watch after that terrible injury he suffered last season. But the the chemistry you see over there in Cincinnati and how much fun they're having, I really think they can make a push for the I Super mean, Bowl. At the beginning of this season, the Bengals were supposed to be last place in their division. They won the division, and I, I, they, they've just been a lot of fun to watch. There's a lot of people who are calling for the Bengals head coach to also be coach of the year. But that's got to be Tennessee's coach, Vrabel, to do what he did without Derrick Henry. Plain and simple. There's no other way that he should he should get it. No, yeah, 100%. 100%. So um, I think the Bengals should take care of business against Oakland. But there's a lot of people calling for the Raiders upset. We'll see about that. I'm, I'm saying that the Raiders... That the Bengals will cover their minus five and a half. If not, at least they'll win the game. I'm, I'd be shocked if they lose. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding, in my opinion. The Bengals have just been a far more consistent team than the Raiders have been. The Raiders have dealt with COVID and injuries, but every team has realistically this season, and that's no excuse. I feel like definitely Bengals in that game. Derek Carr has been really good too, but the Bengals' defense is actually pretty decent. You'd be surprised if you've watched enough of them this year. They're actually pretty good defensively, which is why everybody thought they'd be in last place this year. They didn't have a defense. Well, they actually do. Um, so uh, the other Saturday game is the Patriots and Bills. And as you guys remember during the regular season, the Patriots won the first one in that windy snowstorm. That low-scoring affair, there yeah. was There was only three passes in the game, yeah. so... Patriots won that first one. The second time around, the Bills won. So Patriots and Bills, 
final say game three playoffs first round. It's going to be a really good game. I'm going to give it again to Buffalo just based on the fact that the passing game of Buffalo is too much. New England can only run it so much. I would say the way that New England wins that game is that they play really good defense. doesn't matter what their offense does. They need defense. And I feel like the offense that the Bills have is just too dangerous, and Josh Allen's just going to snap, in my opinion. I really do see the Bills winning that game. And with the youth that uh, New England does have at the quarterback position, I don't know if he's going to be able to dominate or perform well enough in this playoff game. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's probably going to be tough for a rookie like Mac Jones also to, you know, he's on the road in Buffalo because Buffalo won the division. So yep. it's it's going to be a tough one there for Mac Jones to win a game like this. And I've been loving Mac Jones this year. And also, I had been calling for Mac Jones rookie of the year. It's Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase definitely earned it, especially on that last week of the season where he almost had 300 passing yards. He broke the season, season single season record for Cincinnati. Like, give it to him. No, yeah, absolutely. And in regards to uh, Mac Jones, he he did have a really good rookie season, Fantastic but he so. he did kind of in a like middle to, towards the end of the year, he wasn't performing as well as he was initially mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. And that's rookie uh, growing pains and things of that nature. But in regards to the rookie of the year race, Jamar Chase at the end of the season just pulled, pulled out. It out. And, yep, pulled it out. Um. Uh, the other games going forward, I'll just talk really quick. We got like a minute left here, but um, Buccaneers and Eagles, I'd be absolutely shocked if Tom Brady goes down to the Eagles. Uh, uh, it's eight and a half. Um, it could be closer. You know, Eagles could get a last second field goal or touchdown to make it kind of close. I don't know. Uh, it'll either be a blowout or they'll. I say blowout. Close. I want to say blowout, but I, I have a feeling that, you know, Tampa's just probably going to win by like. If it's eight and a half, I have a feeling they might win by eight. Just okay. like crazy enough, like a field goal when they're down by 11, make it eight. Now they got to try and get the ball back and they just don't run out the clock. I just have some strange feeling that somehow the Eagles cover, but Tampa is winning that game most of the time and makes it look easy. Oh, yeah. I'm actually calling for an upset here. Uh, I'm, I'm, Let's hear it. I'm saying the 49ers are going to beat the Cowboys. Really? I do. I I, I'm sorry, I know. but I disagree, man. I, I know. There's that. a lot of people against me, but I'm calling the upset there. That's the only one I'm at. Everybody else, all favorites will win. That's it. I, I only got 49 I got to respect that. Um, Chiefs and Steelers should be a walk in the park, as same as Tampa. And then the last one on Monday uh, is the Rams and Cardinals, which I, you know. Who do you take there? I'm going to say the Rams just because of Cooper Cup just being unreal as always. But yeah, that Kyler tandem of Cooper Cup, that tandem of Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford has just been Hopkins so Hopkins is still dangerous. out for the year. So, I mean, that still concerns me a lot. Arizona was on the downfall all year. Yeah, after so. Hopkins went out, they've been struggling to say the least. Okay. Uh, but we're going to get into our sports update here and then uh, we'll come back to you and we'll start talking about some baseball stuff, actually. Uh, so stay tuned. At 345, I'm Will Shoemaker with your SportstownChicago.com update. Powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. The Chicago Bears season is officially over. Along with that comes the firing of their head coach, Matt Nagy, and general manager, Ryan Pace. The new search for a coach are getting interviewed. A flurry of names are being reported by the league as the Bears are in an active search very quickly. They begin to prepare for the offseason now as the NFL playoffs begin this Saturday and Sunday. Bulls have a huge game tonight on ESPN at 9 o'clock as they face off with the Brooklyn Nets, who head into town. Uh, one versus two tonight as the Bulls are about to be 
up for a big test in their next two games. After playing the Nets tonight, DeMar and the Bulls will suit up to play the two-seed in the West, Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors, just days before the halfway mark of the season. Part-time Kyrie Irving is expected to play tonight, this just being his third game back of the season. No Crusoe still as he's still trying to get his legs back and his win back after contracting COVID-19. That's the latest on the Chicago Bulls. Now the Chicago Blackhawks had a nice 4-2 win last night against Columbus. Andrew Shaw will be honored Thursday at, as they play Montreal. John Lester, a three-time World Series champion and a part of that 2016 Cubs World Series team, has decided to call it quits and retire. This has been your SportstownChicago.com update, brought to you by Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. This is your home for sports. SportstownChicago.com. Take that exit and get to the Southern Cafe, home of the nasty biscuit on Roselle Road in Roselle. Get over there and try the chicken fried chicken biscuit made with the Southern Cafe's house-made drop biscuit with buttermilk chicken fried chicken smothered in country gravy topped with shredded cheddar and crumbled hickory smoked bacon. I always say that when you go to the Southern Cafe, you come out with two meals with the heaping amounts of food they serve you in every meal. I love to go to a place with outdoor seating. The Southern Cafe has a great outdoor seating area to help social distance, and I get to enjoy my breakfast outdoors. Open 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. to give you plenty of time to grab an amazing breakfast or lunch. Now get your butt over to the Southern Cafe on Roselle Road. Hello? It's speed walking day. Dorothy, you're breaking up. Did I mention we'd be slowing down when we pass the court where those fine brothers play ball? I heard that. Reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Get active, eat right, and maybe even run into Mr. Right. Isn't sisterhood beautiful? For more information, go to everydaychoices.org. Brought to you by the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, the Ad Council, and this station. Alert! Alert! Be gone, maxed out credit cards, overdue loans, suffocating interest rates, and relentless collection agencies. If your credit rating is making you and others around you cringe, there's only one thing to do, and that's to turn to the professionals at Creative Credit Solutions. Even if your credit is less than perfect, we'll help you get back on track. You can do it, and we can help. Call today or visit creativecreditsolutions.net for your free credit check report. Blow the whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Mondays and Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. as we talk NFL. The game plan was really sound. In the quarterback league, it, it happened, it still is. Franchise-defining quarterbacks. College football. Will Jim Harbaugh make it through the season as Michigan's head coach? Some more Big Ten talk. And here's some things you wouldn't expect. I would have never expected that. Get all of that and more on Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And now we're going to get into some baseball talk again. It's been a while since we've been talking about baseball. Um, just recently, was it today, yesterday, that they just began a conversation again? Uh, they're actually, they announced that they're going to be having the conversation come tomorrow. Okay, the tomorrow. Union and the, the union and MLB. Now, don't expect this to be fix just like that on it's it's gonna be still a long process i've been trying to tell some of my baseball friends that i i personally hope that the season will not be delayed just in, due to the fact that they want to get it done and get the season going but i have my concerns as probably all other baseball fans do i 100 percent agree with you there aj i have a lot of concerns uh rob manfred and the uh 
owners and executives are very stubborn in their way. They've been talking initially with the players in the union, so don't expect anything special to come from this week. This is just really them getting things started. I feel like once spring training games begin to get canceled, they'll really get serious in talks because the the owners don't want to lose money, and that's really all it comes down to. And the players are just looking for more competitive baseball, and they're looking for what they do deserve, which is more money because the ta- the talent that is in the MLB deserves top dollar. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just an absolute diehard baseball fan, and all I want to see is baseball. I watch all of the spring training games. I watch all of the regular season games. My entire summer is devoted to the game of baseball. That's all I want. Same I, here. Just get it done, do your best, and remember that there are plenty of fans like me who I probably, honestly, I don't even care for what, you do to the game. I just want to see the game. And it's really concerning because you and I, diehard baseball fans, if the season does get canceled, delayed, not canceled, but delayed, we'd still be around and watching games. But those people who fell in love with Shohei Otani last year and really are getting into the game with the new excitement that's being brought, they might. we might lose fans. The MLB might lose fans if they take too long. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, ugh, you can't. you can't just go around and you got to play ball. That's the whole sport. The whole reason that you have fans, you have all the money on all these teams is because you play. And if you're not playing, then what are you doing? No, yeah, uh, 100%. And uh, I was listening to the Chris Rose rotation where he talked to Marcus Simeon, Zach Britton, and Lucas Giolito, who are all members of the union. And they were saying that they're just looking for teams to be more competitive in free agency and really field good baseball teams. Because you look at the Cleveland Guardians, their salary going into next season is less than what Max Scherzer will be making. That's so ridiculous. I, 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 I think there has to be – I guess this is where my suggestion comes in. So, like, let's say we want to make the Pittsburgh Pirates compete, right? Their payroll is $30 million while the Yankees are $210 million, right? Okay. Yep. So how do we get the Pittsburgh Pirates to spend more money and be competitive when they know they're not going to make it? You expand the playoffs. I know it sucks, but it gives – the incentive to not have so many rebuilding teams, to not have the mediocrity of 60 wins to 90 wins. If you have teams that can get in at 70 wins, they'll spend that extra 30 million just to at least float in to make it float, get their fans into the stadium. I, it sounds not the best to expand the playoffs, but if you want to make the game more competitive, that is, I think best way to do it i think your theory is probably most accurate realistically you're looking at the nba playoffs they're expanded and they have the play-in tournament and that's they still have more, rebuilding yeah they have not rebuilding but close. not to the extent they did before teams are really trying to compete just to make the playoffs and be entertaining and realistically that's what i see all fans and players wanting is not the mediocrity of 60 win teams the baltimore orioles the pittsburgh pirates that's just not fun for those fan bases to watch but how do you how do you get them to play is by giving them an incentive of having a chance at the playoffs and especially for a team like baltimore like they're screwed the entire al east is just ridiculous one through four the east is is dominant so if you just give them an incentive that they still have a chance at no matter what wild card and all you have to do is compete at 500 and you have a chance at being in there is no way that anybody would want to be a 60-win ball club. That makes it more interesting for those owners of those struggling, rebuilding teams. It may, it, You're 100% right, AJ. It's not it like gives that fun, incentive. though. It's not fun to expand the playoffs and give more teams a chance, but... 
But like the players said, like they want these teams to go out and sign players. Well, if they want to sign players, they have to at least win games. You and know? even before we uh, expand, talk about expanding the playoffs, you look at the team like the Texas Rangers. They invested a half a billion dollars into that infield after they won 60-some games last season. So realistically, it is about time for teams to really bulk up and be serious. And I, I really do hope that that comes to terms. And let's see if this meeting on Thursday gets things started, at least. That's what we need to hope for. Another thing that will also help players in general is just getting the DH spot. That gives 15 more jobs in the MLB. There's not a lot of jobs, so you're giving 15 more jobs in the in the MLB. And you're giving more money to these guys. A guy that can't field is now able to play Facts. In, in, a ha- in another half of the league. They a, could only play for 15 teams. A guy like Nelson Cruz, you look at him, he realistically cannot play defense anymore. He's 40-some right. odd years old, and that gives 15 more jobs, like you said, and it also makes baseball more entertaining. Yeah, no, because, because that nine hole loves, is not fun to watch. Nobody loves watching a pitcher bat. I, I actually have enjoyed the concept of... Um, like what's the word like strategy behind it do you pull them do you bunt it you know there's a lot of different things but like that's old school baseball and that's not what the young fans are looking to watch i'm for that but that's not what baseball is right now that's not what it's moving towards it's moving towards more home runs more strikeouts the juiced baseballs more more excitement strikeouts home runs the bit the big outcomes the older guys aren't aren't happy with that but hey it's exciting to watch still i like watching strikeouts i like watching home runs it's fun (laughs) and this might be an unpopular popular opinion but the old fan isn't what baseball's really looking no, to they're not focus to, on they're trying to focus on the new fan because the old fan will always be there if they love the game of baseball as enough, long as it's no not matter, drastically changed they'll be there to watch baseball no matter These young what the fans changes need are something yeah. to to enjoy the game make it more exciting things of that nature 100%. Yeah, no. So I mean it it's it's interesting there's a lot to talk about for the CBA, like we just mentioned those couple of things, but there's a lot of things that the players are fighting for that I'm actually on board with that I think might be a little bit helpful to the game of baseball. Um, the extra innings rule is definitely up for debate, even between the younger people. I kind of liked it for the regular season because I, I had no reason to want to sit. I've already been watching baseball since six o'clock when it's already 11 o'clock. I, you know, there's still some West coast games going on. I didn't want to sit through a six to six ball game from the ninth to the fourteenth inning. It's just not that fun. So during the regular season, I actually enjoyed the the man on second rule. There was one instance when I was at a game where I didn't enjoy that when the Yankees took advantage of that and beat the Chicago White Sox. But outside of that, realistically it does make the game go by a little bit quicker and it also is entertaining and it more runs scored at the end of the day. I mean so. you just think think about an overtime in hockey, right? Must watch TV. An oh, overtime yeah. in basketball, must watch TV. Baseball, no. Yeah, football that's even a then drag. same thing. F- football was like uh, you could have a tie, but it's only ten minutes, and the first person to score wins the game. Field goal is you get the other chance. So I mean, must watch TV. So when you put the extra innings rule, it at least makes it must watch TV. And when it's the playoffs, you don't have to worry about that. The whole game is must watch TV. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so I, I actually, <clears throat> again, I'm for that rule. That I, I was actually okay with the runner on second and extras. No, yeah, there were some instances, like I said, where it sucked as a Chicago White Sox fan. But realistically, for the game itself, it's something that provides more runs. And a man on second with no outs is always entertaining in regards to baseball. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of things can happen. You can just bunt them. I, I mean, there's plenty of teams that did that or 
you know, sack you, fly. Just you get just got to hit two fly balls, and you got to you got to run scored there. And it's funny enough, it's actually kind of difficult. It really sounds pretty easy, but there was a lot of teams that couldn't do it. No, yeah. Um, but the White Sox going forward, um, they have a lot of moves coming up that they're still going to have to make. We're still going to be in limbo, though. I'm hoping. I'm hoping they're ready by spring training. That that's this we're giving him about two months to figure it out from right now. Yeah, I don't want to have to say that Lurie Garcia is gonna be the option for right field or second base. I see him as being a super platoon guy. I know that Tony LaRusa doesn't like that. But overall, you got Oscar Coles, who the Chicago White Sox are looking to sign for two point seven million. He's young and his ETA is years down the line, but yeah, he's it, supposedly a Shohei Otani type talent. Won't be anytime soon of him coming, but he's a big time player that they're East. getting. A lot a huge for our farm system, especially when the farm system is absolutely depleted right now. Yeah, There's, we've brought up everybody or traded away a lot of guys for assets. But we also have Yolki Cespedes whose ETA is this upcoming season, so potentially he can be Cespedes, the answer in right. Jared Kelly, Colson Montgomery, um, and then Oscar Colas. Those are pretty much like the main guys in the system, but that's not a really fantastic system. But, hey, I mean, it's... For a competing team, that's a reputable system. 90-something you know I mean? wins last year, so yep. I mean, and that's not really worried about what's, this year. what's coming up anymore. No, yeah, we've got the next five years in my opinion, on lock because the Chicago White Sox did what they were supposed to do before some of these guys even debuted, like Luis Robert and um, Eloy Jimenez. We locked them oh up long-term. You know I what mean, I mean? Those uh, are beautiful it was, contracts. It was amazing to watch, you know, that the Braves just did it with Acuna, and they absolutely splashed. And Juan Soto the, as well I mean, the Washington it, Nationals. For the, for the White Sox to do the exact same thing was just – it's really, really nice that we have these guys locked up. We're paying them so they're happy – but we're not overpaying them yet because they're way above the level that we're paying them. Absolutely, and that's there was the risk-reward factor in regards to signing those guys before they had a major league appearance, but that's becoming a new normal in regards to baseball, signing these guys to contracts that they may not be worth, but more than likely they are worth, and it's really just taking a chance on somebody. If you have the, uh, the, the proof in the pudding with their minor league statistics, their st- statistics in the Cuban League, you can really, you can really make a... Make it reputable to make those decisions. And for the White Sox, they also did that with Tim Anderson after he only had performed semi-well for his rookie campaign in his second year. They locked him up to a long-term contract for an AAV of around 5 to $7 million. And that's 100% a steal for a guy who's got the best batting average the last three years at the shortstop position. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, but we'll, we'll get right back into more White Sox news and uh, talk a little bit about some college basketball going on. And uh, stay tuned. Thanks. This is your home for sports. Longtime fans, sports is like life. SportstownChicago.com. What's up, Chicago? If you're ever, and I mean ever, out looking for good urban food 24-7, come down to White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. White Palace Grill is open 365 days a year since 1939. I personally love the steak and egg dinner, but whether you like burgers for breakfast, steak for lunch, or French toast for dinner, White Palace is the place for you. The diner is a 24-hour urban oasis. Come now. Come later. Hey, come now in later. We never close at White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. Visit us at whitepalace.com or order with Uber Eats or Grubhub anytime, any day. Daddy, when you look at me, I can see a wheels turning. About what am I going to be when I grow up? A major league baseman? 
Maybe a point guard for the national champion. The odds of a child becoming a professional athlete are 1 in 16,000. Far-fetched? Maybe. But did you know the odds of a child being diagnosed with autism are 1 in 166? That's right, 1 in 166. To learn the signs of autism, go to AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Go to Lux Barbershop for the best barbers and stylists in Plainfield, Illinois. I go there when I have an important event, date, or I just want to look good. The straight razor shave will have you looking fresh and smooth. Lux Barbershop is open seven days a week. Go to Lux Barbershop for the finest barbers, stylists, braiders, and massage therapists in the southern suburbs. Check out all their daily deals on Facebook, Instagram, and LuxBarbershop.com. This is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. Someone that jaded you. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. The Chicago Dogs are back on SportsTownChicago.com. Tune into the season opener against the Sioux City Explorers Friday, May 28th at Impact Field in Rosemont. First pitch at 7.05 p.m. Hear all the action right here on SportsTownChicago.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And we're going to be getting into college sports now just for a little bit here before we get back into some baseball talk. But uh, first off, earlier this week on Monday, we had the national championship for college football, Georgia-Bama. Georgia-Bama, that was an awesome matchup. Uh, Obviously, Georgia was favored in this game, but rank-wise, Alabama was the team to beat. And in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, there was absolute domination in regards to how Georgia played in that second half. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw all season long that Georgia's run defense and just defense in general was spectacular, and they continued to play at that rate, and they started throwing some deep balls that were completed. So it was just a better second half, really took care of business there. Um, and uh, the one thing I do want to say about Bama is Bama had some really sketchy games this year. I really didn't feel... That it was the Bama that I have been seeing over the years, or that they were a true one seed. I really felt that Georgia was a better talented school this year, and it really did show on that Monday, at least that game. I know that Bama won the first game, but national championships has different. No, yeah, there were a couple games during the regular season where Bama just pulled out a game, and for Georgia, it was more so dominant in regards to their wins. They really showed up and, and showed up. One out. loss was to Bama. Yeah. Only two Bama, and then in this national championship, the game that really does matter at the end of the day, they pulled out and they won that game by 15 points, and like I said, they dominated the second half and the fourth quarter in particular. So that was a really fun um, college football season and a uh, national championship. I went out to a bar and watched it with my family. Uh, It was really, really fun. Um, We'll miss it, and we'll be on board with you for next season, Uh, but... Still staying on the college ropes here, uh, college basketball, uh, both of the undefeated teams left, both lost yesterday. Yeah, the one that was a little bit less surprising was that uh, game that you mentioned, um, what was it, the Baylor game, because Texas Texas Tech has been on a run recently, and they're ranked, but then you look at that Stanford-USC game, they lost by six points to 
Stanford, who is not really a dominant team when it comes to basketball. No, not necessarily. They're actually doing pretty good this year. I think they're maybe 9-4. and four. Their shooting is pretty good. Defensively, they weren't that fantastic. But um, it, it, realistically, it's been crazy enough. But at home, all of these teams have been unreal. At oh, yeah. home, it's tough to beat. So uh, all these underdogs are winning at home. So, so, like, same thing. Stanford was at home there. They didn't even need the home crowd, but they played so much better. And oh, yeah. It, they, of course, they beat the undefeated USC. In, re- in regards to home field or home court advantage in college sports, that's where it's, it's really prevalent. It's huge. 100%. And you know what? It, I'll say it. Football and, of course, basketball. They're, the football has such a large stadium that it's so loud, and it is such a, an advantage. And then sort of the opposite it's not that it's so many people there it's that the gym is so small and it's in a closed area crowd it's really really loud and it totally is an advantage to be with college students going absolutely bananas yeah bat blank crazy that's what's (laughs) happening with these college students Um, when they're at these ball games so he he mentioned texas tech and texas tech had just lost to iowa state who is right around a top 10 team also but this big 12 is Really, really challenging. Uh, Texas Tech beat Kansas then the next game and then beat the number one in seeded Baylor. So they've put themselves on the map as a possible top 10 team in the country at this point. Oh, yeah. And Adonis Arms performed quite well for that uh, Texas Tech team, dropping 14 points, nine rebounds, and five assists to only one turnover in his 33 minutes of play. He really led that Texas Tech squad to a big win against Baylor. Yeah, no, Baylor Baylor had a rough little ending to that game of trying to um, get that last shot up. But, hey, uh, they have plenty of time, and they'll definitely be in the tournament as a top-talent team. But watch out for Texas Tech now. They're really putting their name out there. Uh, Texas Tech also, they still will be challenged as the rest of their games this month. They're playing Oklahoma State next, who just beat Texas. Then they got Kansas State. Iowa State again, who one of their three losses is two. West Virginia, who's 13-2. and two. Like I said, this Big 12 is actually really, really good. Really entertaining this season, for sure. After West Virginia, they play Kansas again. So Texas Tech is going to be shown whether or not they're a real deal. Real deal or not. So 100%. that'll be really fun for the rest of this month to watch them. Tonight, uh, actually just at about an hour and a half here, Xavier and Villanova will be playing uh, some Big East matchup. It, it, that'll be also a, a really, really good game. Uh, 14 Villanova versus Xavier, and again, I'm I'm calling this here. Xavier is going to win this game based on the fact that they're at home. At home is just too much. I respect your opinion, AJ, but the matchup predictor has got a 61.6 percent chance of Villanova pulling that out tonight. I don't know. Xavier's favored minus one and a half tonight, and I really think that they'll they'll take care of business. But it's a 50-50 game. Uh, same thing again at six o'clock tonight. SEC. Florida versus LSU. LSU is ranked 12th, and Florida is favored minus three. And I'm telling you, it's because they're at home. The home court is just too much. Now, in that game, do you take home court or do you take the dominance that LSU has been this year? I get that we were just talking about what a factor that is, but I and I get what the line says. But do you really think that Florida is going to pull that game out, being nine and five against the only one loss uh, just recently too for LSU? Yeah, because I think Florida just had two really tough losses against uh, Bama and Auburn, and Bama and Auburn are also two top teams in the country. And I really think that Florida is a ranked team, and that uh, I can't remember who's out right now, but there is a player out for um, 
LSU that just got hurt in their last game, which is another reason why Florida is favored. But I I do think tonight that LSU is going to lose and Xavier is also going to win. That's those are my calls for tonight, home home court. So we'll see. But though there'll be some good college basketball games tonight if you're interested in those. Five thirty is Xavier and Nova, and then six p.m. Central for that LSU versus Florida game. Uh, the LSU Florida game is on ESPN two, and Fox Sports one is for Xavier and Nova. But should be really good college basketball if you want to get yourself into start watching some of these teams and get ready for the tournament. These are some good games to watch. These are teams the, the, you will see def- in the tournament. Absolutely, you yeah. will see be all four of those teams in the tournament, 110%. Um, but let's get into the rest of the baseball wrap-up real here. Well, we were talking about Tim Anderson and him being a, a batting champion and us extending him in those years. And I do want to point out that Tim Anderson has just taken – Every stride and leap, every single season, he just gets better and better. Even defensively, he looked pretty pretty good this year, and there were some people who thought he wouldn't even be able to play shortstop. Oh, yeah, that's been a conversation for the last couple of years, even for Chicago White Sox fans, was how bad he was defensively. But last year, and even the last few years, he's just consistently progressed, whether it be his batting ability, being able to get on base when he walks a little bit more often, and then defensively, he really had a turnaround last season. And yeah, I only expect you want to him talk to do about- more. You want to talk about like when uh, Cubs and Sox fans argue about Baez to Tim Anderson, right? This was a year that Baez had more errors. Yeah, actually, yep. and it's that 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 was enough to be like, hey, I'm I've I've been telling you that Tim has been putting into the work on defense, and it absolutely showed this season. Yeah, was, and I expect even more strides as you, I'm assuming, do as well. Mm-hmm. He puts in that work in the off season, and he's a far better defender than Almago is at this current moment in time. And that's something I didn't think I'd be saying two or three years back. You know, it's hard. Also, I guess one little niche that I have about Timmy is that he like never walks, right? But it's so hard. But who cares about if you walk? If you bat three twenty, dude, you know, like yeah, the last three seasons he's batted, I believe three twenty two or something of that nature, and he's been a silver slugger as well. He's really been putting in the work as a baseball player. And you know what it is? Actually, I don't know if you've ever seen, but he is uh, early in the count hitter. So it's almost like first fastball he sees or if he knows it's a breaking ball you've seen it a couple times where he actually adjusts before the pitch i don't know if you've ever seen it that oh yeah he actually will adjust his batting stance or scoot farther back or more in front of the box based on the pitch that's going to come like he's yeah he started playing baseball in high school and the strides he's made as just being an intelligent baseball player it's really impressive to watch he's a juco product First round draft pick by the Chicago White Sox in the early 2010s. But what he's done and the strides he's made as an absolute just baseball player, one of the most difficult sports to master or get better at, he's just made unbelievable strides. The Sox did every single thing right with him. They let him play in Birmingham for a couple years because he's Alabama born and raised. So he got to be with his family and be around his home and grow up there until he was a fully developed baseball player and came up to the MLB. And maybe he didn't have the fully developed fielding, but hey, you know, when you come up to the big leagues as a rookie, you're not expecting a fully polished player. Tim Anderson, still even at this point, isn't fully polished, but he's a superstar. Yeah, he's a superstar, and he's just now in the next few years going to be reaching his prime, in my opinion. I'm and really then, hoping he can get a little bit more home run action, too. If he can, if he can hit 300 with 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases one of the best leadoff guys in the league at that point. Yeah. And then on the other side of the Chicago uh, baseball scene, we're seeing John Lester who had 2,500 strikeouts nearly in three world series titles with 200 wins. 
We're seeing him call it quits after 16 years as an MLB player. I can't believe player. he had that many strikeouts, actually, though. Yeah, that he, sounds crazy to me. That's got to be prime guy when he was with Boston. He was oh, maybe getting some I mean, of those he strikeouts. Was, he was He's a three-time World Series champion for a reason, you know. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he even played for, like, Oakland and was in uh, big moments for them, too. I mean, the guy that was playoff. wild card game against Kansas City that year, 2015. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the guy is a postseason legend. He's a World Series champion because he is a born and bred winner. Yes. He was really fun to watch, and I'm really glad I got to see him win a championship with the Cubs. It's hard to see him watch, actually. Uh, it's hard to see him go, but if you'd seen him over the last couple of years, he, he didn't have it anymore. Yeah, his last year in Chicago with the Cubs, the White Sox lit him up, and overall his earned run average was in the fives, I believe. And then last season, he had a few good games for Washington, which got him traded over to the St. Louis Cardinals, but he didn't perform very well there either. But I'm reading an article really quickly. Maybe the best playoff pitcher ever. What made John Lester an October legend and potential Hall of Famer? What he did in the playoffs for Boston and then for the Chicago Cubs in 2016, it's unmatched in my opinion. Yeah, the hard the hard part is is like I want to say Mad Bum, right? But except Mad Bum did it once. Yeah. Lester did it three separate times yep. of being a superstar pitcher throughout the entire every single round that he was on those teams. He was just an absolute dog in the playoffs, and I 100% agree. Mad Bum's an argument that you could make. But he just didn't do it as consistently as John Lester did. Right. I mean, Lester did it for multiple years over his career. He was doing it early in 2000s with Boston and then into 2016 later in his career with the Cubs. Um, But that'll wrap it up here for us on the go-ahead. Reach out to me at the go-ahead one at Twitter if you have any questions and answer some of the polls I'm going to have out there. Uh, Thanks for listening to me and uh, Will here. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's good to be back, and I really appreciate all you guys listening. And at, like AJ said, at the go-ahead one, we're going to have a few questions posted in regards to MLB and the Chicago Bears. Yeah, so remember tonight, real quick, before I, I get out of here, uh, we got that uh, two college basketball games and the Bulls game tonight, which I will also be at. So a lot of good sports tonight. NFL playoffs coming up this week. We'll keep you up to date on that next week. Thank you guys for listening, and it was great to be back. Stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Your home for sports. It's the best fans in the world. No, no better.